Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. Jeannie, I spend a lot of time on airplanes. How about you? I spend a decent amount of my life in a tube with wings. Yes. <laughs> in a tube with wings. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you know what? I thought it would be cool, and we thought it would be cool, so I don't know why I'm saying I, but we thought it would be cool <laughs> to just talk about airlines because, you know, part of customer service, part of how we experience customer service as customers is just what we do, right? Yeah. I mean, if you go to NASCAR, part of the customer service you experience is what happens at the track, at the you know, when you go to Daytona or when you go to... Um, you know, the indie whatever, right? The, the indie whatever. You can tell I'm in a car race, but <laughs> indie 500. But you know, so for us, it's air travel, and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, it's also air travel. It's a big part of the customer experiences we uh, have, and also more importantly, it's a very poignant, remarkable part of the customer experiences we have because it's generally around a process that's not all that pleasant. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of peak, peak emotion, as we talk about in Oof. the peak end rule. There's a I lot s- of peak emotion associated <laughs> with air travel. Well, and I've I've shared this before, but like, I swear I'm the most negative. Like the voice in my head is the most negative when I'm walking through an airport. <laughs> really? I, oh, yeah. Like I think everybody is silly and in my way and it's terrible. I have to really work on it because it's it's just such a place of so much negative stimuli (laughs) (laughs) that I think my defenses are up and I'm just like ready for it. And I also feel like the only place I ever feel claustrophobic is when I'm on a plane on the ground. Um, I'm fine flying, but the minute we get on the ground, I'm like, get me off this plane. (laughs) And so it's, and I think part of that is just the anxiety of feeling out of control and feeling like, you know, that, they don't really care <laughs> at that point, you know, like once, once they've landed the plane, it's up to you folks. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I think this may be the different airlines that we uh, go on. I, I think the airline I'm on usually, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, definitely cares. So for me, the only time I, I won't say the only time, you know, obviously if I'm tired or stressed, I'm human. Uh, so it can happen at any time, but the time that is pretty much universally as unpleasant for me is that waiting to get on the plane mm-hmm. where everybody's crowding around trying to make sure they get the overhead. Oh my gosh. Uh, and the best thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I'm pretty much a Delta. I, I mean, I've had good experiences on a lot of airlines. I appreciate the customer service at a, a few other airlines mm-hmm. that we'll talk about, but I, I basically was what I do. I committed to Delta being in the Southeast this year. And it's, it, it's my favorite from an experience standpoint and what they have, but they do not have it at every airport. They have it at Hartsfield where the gates are bigger is they actually sort of took the Southwest concept, except with assigned seating, and they have premium priority one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So they actually have those little stanchions, just like Southwest does, except it's not a free-for-all. It's just making sure that everyone doesn't all crowd the gate at one time. And it is absolutely beautiful. I love it when I'm on my connecting flight in Hartsfield, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Everything else is like something out of Lord of the Flies, right? <laughs> it is. It is tough. And now they keep changing it, too. So like a few years ago, there were only five, you know, groups to be boarded. Now they're up to nine um, when I'm flying American. And, oh, wow. and there, are, five. <laughs> there are places where like O'Hare, some of the gates are 
right on top of each other. And so you're out in like the main walkway of O'Hare <laughs> trying to hear and see what are they doing now? What? And excuse me with my Roly, you know, actually I am in front of you, sir. I'm sorry. Um, so it's just like, it's kind of a mess. And if I can I segue a little bit here, but this is fascinating to me. So I fly a lot of American airlines. I fly others too, but um, being in Chicago, it's one of their hubs. I get a lot of direct flights that way, which is important to me. Um, I have enough status where I get the early boarding and things like that, but they just came out um, with some news and they being American, I don't think they're the ones who came out with this. <laughs> I think it actually got leaked, but essentially what they did was they asked their employees, so not their customers, but their employees for a description of American airlines in three words. And what they're starting to realize is that they need to do a lot more listening because some of the answers that came in were pretty shocking. Um, one flight attendant replied, greed, depressing, sad. <laughs> that is pretty telling. And so um, oh, and I don't. this is reported in Inc., by the way, as as well as other places. But that's where I'm getting this information, um, Inc. Magazine. But they're, the fact that um, their employees are giving these things, I think, is pretty telling that they need to do a little more work on who they are. And my my hope and what I'm seeing signs of is that they're starting to realize that the service that they provide um, needs to change, that they need to listen a little bit more. And so I'm actually encouraged by this news because it shows that they're listening and that they're trying. And I'm noticing little tweaks in their service to try to make it a little more compelling for folks. Um, but I know well, that's good. Well, that's a good example of you know when Delta consistently wins. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the best places to work, right? It's right. It's, it's, it's on. It's on those lists a lot, and you know, I, we always talk about right. The employee experience leads to the customer experience. I think air travel is a very good example of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you see that with Southwest. It's the other airline that has a lot of accolades for being a great place to work, mm -hmm. and they're obviously known for their customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, so with American, I don't, you know, I don't know about one employee out of 10, 20,000, 30,000 employees comments, of course, but uh, obviously the article was, there was more than just that one comment. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and negative. they're still collecting it. Um, it's still in process. And the, so, but yeah, I mean, one, whatever, one employee out of tens of thousands is, means nothing, but yeah, I mean, if there, if that's a pattern, right. Yeah. If that employee uh, is representative mm -hmm. of a significant portion, then obviously that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting to you, we're, we're talking uh, in one of the interviews recently about that idea of what you can control, and what you can't, right? So mm -hmm. a lot, we, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes about air travel. There's a lot of parts of the experience the airlines don't control. Right, right. Okay. Even just practically, it is literally regulation or just from the standpoint of safety comes first mm -hmm. and everything else is second, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think from that, even from that standpoint, if you look at like the example I just gave about Hartsfield, mm -hmm. like so Delta tried to control something that they could control, which is putting those stanchions there. Yep. And every time I go to a Delta terminal, it doesn't happen. I'm like, ah, darn it. And sometimes it's pretty obvious. They just can't do it. Like there's no room, right? right? It's just crowded. I mean, th those uh, things at Hartsfield are big, mm -hmm. those gates. But, you know, the other aspect of it is tagging, not tagging, uh, sort of relating the experience with the product and then separating the experience with from the product mm -hmm. 
And what I mean by that is, so Southwest is literally a different product, mm-hmm. right, than Delta. I mean, Delta is considered a premium product. There's no first class, right? For business travel, there's a first class, there's a priority class. American is a more of a direct competitive product to Delta. Southwest really isn't, right? Right. I mean, if you're a big power executive and you fly a gazillion miles a year, you know, you may like Southwest for the service, but you have to basically say, I don't have status. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to use that. Is that important to me? That's a different product, really. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. And I think that it's it's about, uh, I mean, even their planes are different and even their, the, like, there is no first class on a Southwest plane. And so if that's important to you, if that's the product that you're looking for, you're not going to choose that. You're not going to select it as a customer. Yeah, 100%. But, I, you know, that's where the experience, I mean, why has Southwest been able to do so well, grow mm-hmm. so much with, I don't want to use the word inferior, just a different, a lower level product, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. And, and I... I it's it's hard to say that because they're so good at everything. Uh, a less premium product. I think that's the best way to phrase mm-hmm. it that's fair to Southwest. So so it's a less premium product. They have less premium pricing, even though that is definitely not what it used to be. The prices, you know, when I when I when I look at Southwest, I think we've talked about this, it's not a bargain airline anymore, really. Well, it, yeah, you you have to look specifically yeah, at I the mean, different you, scenarios. You can't make that assumption anymore that it's always going to be the cheapest. But the um but I think they would they would embrace that description. They would say, "Yes, we are a um, we are appealing to a customer base that where service is important, quality is important, and uh, value is very important. And those those are what drive us. But the service is always what they focused on to to differentiate to make it a more pleasant experience. You look at Southwest; it's a different attitude. It's a different service level." than some of those airlines that you hear about that have the same kind of pricing structure, but the people are just not treated as well. And people remember that and they they talk about it and they it's not worth it. That value is not worth it to them. So even though they're similar products, the service is what makes Southwest stand so much, um, you know, stand out so much from those other bargain, if you will, and I'm putting those in air quotes, which you can't see because this is audio, but I'm doing it, air quotes (laughs) around bargain. Right. Well, they're not a true bargain, like bare bones, like we're going to just basically hopefully get you there. Right. (laughs) Don't expect anything else. Right. You know, they're not one of those, obviously. They're they're sort of in the middle, right? And service-wise, they're not in the middle. Service-wise, they're, you know, They're exceptional. Yeah, they really are. Delta is at least, and and I assume, I think I've seen this on a couple of American flights, um, but Delta's, you know, taken a cue from that. I've had uh, you know, really witty mm-hmm. kind of uh, people doing the announcements, all that. Uh, what's interesting is I've had on, a, and I, I assume Southwest has inspired this mm-hmm. over time. Uh, you know, it's been going on for years at this point. But, you know, I've had a lot of times where I've been in first class and the captain actually comes out and just talks to the first class cabin. Yep. And they do that on a lot of JetBlue flights where they talk to the entire cabin. So the the pilot will actually come out, the captain will come out and introduce themselves and say, here's what we're looking at for the flight time and blah, blah, blah. So you feel like, oh, I know this person, which is really, really nice. 
Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah, and, it's a great time. And like right? I said, I'm seeing things right now, little tiny tweaks on American that I it gives me hope that they're moving into this. And the fact that they're doing these surveys with their employees, that's a good sign that's too. Good, but I, I will say, I did just see an article recently about them making the bathroom smaller, which I, I can't yeah. even conceive of. Jeannie. I honestly, I like, I, you know, I, I can't I, imagine. I, I don't know how, how it's even possible. It's like, crazy. I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. So I, I just, so I'm like, going to like have PTSD from this, just our conversation it's, it's, about it's, it. It's like crazy. And so, that's uh, I wonder, and you know it's bad. Uh, you know I get the I haven't done macroeconomics in a while, but it's not really mm. macroeconomics. It's sort of microeconomics. But you know it's very interesting if you sort of look at the industry in five years. Are we going to be where it's just really premium and really bare bones? Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing we've talked about in numerous industries is how the middle gets squeezed. Right. Um, you know it's because the, it's just. A, like it's become, I think they're, they're killing coach, right? They're making coach worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure Delta is, but uh, I don't think, I don't think they're improving it. Let's put it that way. But the, some of the other majors are really just, you know, they're, the pitch is getting worse. For the, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Americans are getting bigger. So that makes sense. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if you look at that, I mean, I know sir, absolutely Delta's strategy, as far as I can tell it, is mm-hmm. to really to give a good experience in coach, but to really give you an amazing experience in priority and certainly in business slash mm-hmm. first, and you pay for that. If you don't, well, have, and if you don't have status, I mean, if you actually pay cash yeah. for it, if you don't get it through status, you pay for it, right? And I think the other thing that they're doing is instead of, you know, back in the day, if you were in coach, you were in coach. Everybody had the same experience. Now. They're segmenting everything so much so that you can actually purchase a very low cost ticket that would be comparable to some of those bargain airlines. But that means you give up certain things. You give up having um, you can't pick your luggage seat. on the plane. Right. Yeah. You can't pick luggage. your seat. Right. Um, you can't even have a carry on that goes above you. You only get the little room in front of the seat in front of you um, at your feet. And so they you have still, to pay they, for they everything else. They still give else. you an oxygen mask in the event of emergency. Just listen. Yes, they do. Yeah. And you can still purchase a meal. But, uh, you know, there are so many things that, you know, the way they're looking at it. And, of course, they're trying to be profitable and they're trying to compete. But there are certain things that make me wonder, you know, when when does the product become so much about um you know, this really, how am I treated as a customer? When do, when does that wait happen where we go, oh my gosh, we're just not going to do this anymore. <laughs> like, well, that's, where you, that's where you look at the industry. And I think if you yeah. look at it as sort of bifurcating a little bit, well, mm-hmm. it, it may just end up matching society. And as we know, the middle is slowly, dis- not even slowly, <laughs> mm-hmm. intermediately, moderately uh, disappearing from society. And we're getting to a lot, uh, more, I don't know, like Central America in a lot of ways, where we're going to have a lot of people that are at the lower end of the spectrum and Mm -hmm. a big chunk that can afford whatever at the higher end of the spectrum. And you may see airline seating, uh, you know, an airline. Reflect that. Yeah, reflect that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's already starting, I guess, in a way. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about these types of experiences as the product. 
because it really does come down to, yes, will you get there on a plane? Yes. That's like, check. That's really the product. But how much of it is tied back to service? How much of it, the value that people, you know, perceived or realistically, like, uh, you know, their perceived value is value. So if people feel like I can't stand being treated this way, I'm willing to pay more. That's, that's a value that um, is around the service aspect of it. So I think it's, it's interesting because there, there's a lot to think about when it comes to customer experiences like this one. So I think what we're saying is just to think about it in those terms of, you know, if the product is something that is so tied to service, um, you have to think about that service as part of the product for sure. And you have to know your your lane, your positioning, mm-hmm. right? You have to know: are you the premium? Or are you not the premium? Are you the you know the wacky fun one or the you know staid corporate one? Whatever it may be, and whatever your industry is, but knowing what your value proposition is, right? What you offer and the experience that goes with the expectations around that is super important. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Lessons from air travel, Jeannie. You know, I think we're going to keep getting those lessons (laughs) for a while. Yeah, I should. I just should should just end with Delta. I heart you. Ah, that's sweet. Delta, come to Chicago and create a hub. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, well, yeah. Well, you know what? If I get status at the end of the year, then I then I then I heart you. We'll we'll see. (laughs) My my love, my love is conditional. (laughs) Not really. Uh, well, this was sort of fun. It was just, uh, yeah. we, you might be able to tell we were sort of winging the little, we we're just like, let's talk about air travel. Let's, you know, we travel so much. So this was sort of fun. So uh, please forgive us. It was a little bit stream of consciousness, we know, but uh, we know a lot of you can relate to it and thought it was really interesting to just dig into the experience side of air travel. And let us know what you think. Let us know what you've learned from your time in a tube with wings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it sound so appealing, Janie. I know, right? <laughs> Well, hey, we do appreciate you being here. So thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. Feel free to check out C-Suite Radio for all sorts of business content like this. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our writing, speaking, training, etc. at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Tepork, and there is a reason I am on the plane all the time, because I'm out there doing <laughs> keynote speeches, customer service workshops, and training, and you can learn all about how to get me to fly to you at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.